Welcome to the anointed teaching preached at Church 316, the youth arm of the Fountain of Life Church. We hope that you be blessed as you listen to this message. So this morning, please open your Bibles with me to Matthew 16. Ushers, can you please hold the mic because I'm going to ask a question and I'm looking forward to getting some responses. Matthew 16 verse 13, it's a popular scripture. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Some said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, or even one of the prophets. Then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, son Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Final verse 19 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Here Jesus was asking his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they were quick to allude to different names and then he said who do you say that I am and one man was um, inspired enough to say it. one thing I realized from this scripture is that revelations are personal they are not general I can't know God for you Oftentimes, when I hear people say the God of prophets something something I get amazed because I wonder what happened to your name are you nameless the God of my forefathers. We, your grandchildren are saying the God of you. Timothy told, uh, Paul told Timothy, he said the faith I've seen in your grandmother. Some of us are so inched on the faith of our parents, we are not even building up our own. He said, who do you say that I am? It's not who your pastors say that God is. Because some of us, the only time we open our Bible, it will be honest, is when we say we should open our Bibles. Okay, let's even do a check. How many people came with their Bibles to church today? Uh, why are you shouting? Did you forget your Bible at home? How many people did not come with their Bible? It's not everyone. At, both, at least. They, even the soft copy on your phone. Some people don't. What is the name of the app? You know, you know TikTok before you version. If, if we do a search, if we tell our software guys now to check the site you go to the most, if you know you will not disgrace Jesus, raise your hand. The site you attend the most, but you know that it's not you version or Bible. I don't want to say you should look at your neighbor because if you see that your neighbor at the hand is like this. Some people will even hear pastors preach one thing. You will never go back home and check whether it's true or false. Now be going and say, God is good. It's a lie. You don't even know. You have never experienced the goodness of God. But because your pastor say, I realize that some of the things that we quote in scriptures, some of them are not even there. Heaven help those who help themselves. 
And then your pastor will come and preach based on the inspiration that God has given the pastor for that time. And you don't go back home and cross-check. means that you can never grow beyond your pastor. Because your revelation is dependent on your pastor's revelation. So Jesus did not stop at who do men say that I am. He did not even say who do I say that I am. Because revelation has to move beyond the things that you hear. And the things that you have read to the things that you know for a fact. So he said who do you? Based on all you have heard and all you have seen, who do you say that I am? So revelations are personal. They are not generalized. Revelations cannot be taught. They can only be caught by the Spirit. And revelation of God are only given by the Spirit. So when John Peter said, you are Christ, the Son of the living God, he said, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. And I realized that as finite beings, it's sometimes impossible to completely understand and comprehend the infinite nature of God. So it shows it to us in bits. And then we go and say, God, my Jaira, do you know how they came about that name? I started researching some of the names of God. So I started to go to the first mention. There's something called the principle of first mention in the Bible, right? That's the first place in which that name or that word was used. And that provi provides the most undiluted meaning for the word. So I was looking at some of the names of God and some of the situations that surrounded the mentioning of the name or that brought about the names. Now, I'm not saying go and cram all the over 260 names of God. It's almost impossible now. And even the names of God are not passage for you to get to heaven. The only passage to get to heaven is Jesus, confess him as your Lord and Savior and that's it, right? Now, why am I talking about the names of God? The name of a person in that time gives you an insight into the character and the personality of the person. I actually, some Yoruba people still do it too. You know some children will say, Ori Kombodi. I don't know why that name came to my head. It's only Yoruba people that can understand. I'm never going to translate it, I'm sorry. But there are some names that you hear there are some names that I don't want to mention. Like, you know, so if, if people give birth outside wedlock, from the child's name, you can know what the mother was thinking. Somebody might be the name that is coming to my head, so I can't say it, because I don't want you to feel like that's what happened. But I'm saying that even right now, some of the names that we are called are a reflection of whether where our parents have been or are at the time of the conception. And then they project that reality on us. And if we are not careful, we will manifest them. That's the truth. My English name is Olive. And why did I come about that name? My father was in Jerusalem when I was born. And he was on Mount Olive when they announced the birth. So just look around and say, ah, Livre, Olive. For the past over 30 years, I've been Oliving. Yeah. Until I got into the scripture and I realized that it was a requisite for the anointing. So I said, well, you might have seen beautiful tree to name me, but me, I am the anointed of the Lord. So I changed it. 
your name. So I'm not going to talk about the names of God, right? And then finally, Jesus said to him that upon this rock, I've heard people translate that it does not mean that upon the name Peter, because Peter also means rock, right? And it was initially called Simon and then Simon Peter and Peter, yeah. Read your Bible, you know the story. Or see Nazario and what Wednesday people, you get the story. Um, but the focus here is that Jesus said upon this rock and that rock means that upon the revelation of me that you are. Now I use the, study, um, the Jackie for study Bible and this is what he said about that verse. He says that this, <clears throat> excuse me, this verse happened six months before the crucifixion of Jesus. And why was this lesson taught by Jesus? It says that it is pivotal in the ministry of Jesus marking the climax of his teaching about himself and his assignment. He wanted to see if they understood what he was about. And that's why six months before going, he said, who am I to you? Ladies, you know, sometimes you ask, who am I in this relationship? What are we in case you have become Lord of the Ring or Lord Rest of the Ring and the mother is already calling you Yahweh? But you are not the only Yahweh that is coming to wash clothes and cook. Please don't wash clothes. <laughs> if you give wife benefits before they put a ring on it, I mean, why should I put a ring on it? It's time you breakfast. We'll go alamaje at the end of the day. <laughs> but don't jay it at the wrong time. I'm sorry if you don't understand your right. We'll go alamaje. All of us will chop breakfast. No, all of us will not. I will not. <laughs> Okay, idea is niche. But at the end of the day, it's important not to chop it at the wrong time. I mean normal breakfast. I don't mean that breakfast that Pastor Shoba is talking about. No. I mean normal when you wake up in the morning breakfast. And the one Pastor Shoba is talking, is Pastor Shoba and blessing that understand it. Me, I'm even... You are reiterating, okay? Let's come back to the word of God. Don't be chopping breakfast on Sunday. Let's focus on the word. He said, upon the revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell's hell shall not be pre prevail over it. He said, and then I will give you authority, right? I will give you the keys that whatever you bound on it. I realized that the key to authority, supernatural and miraculous living is based on revelation. He told them that when you have revelation, then you have authority. And you know, um, I think it's Galatians 4 that also emphasized that if a child is still a child, even though he owns everything, he's not his own. I remember when I was growing up, right? There's this story, I don't know if anyone else heard it. There's this, maybe like a story or a proverb about a very rich man that was going to die. Please, if you've heard this, just raise up your hand so that I don't feel like I'm old. I, I have never, I've not finished the story, you're raising your hand. Hey, God. Let me face here because quiet. Let me focus to people that are serious. So please hear the story. That there is a rich man that was about to pass on and he had just one son. But he had also a chief slave. And then he called the son and said, all my wealth and riches will go to my slave. But you have the opportunity to pick just one thing. Anybody ever heard that? Okay, God bless you. The rest of you, you are Gen Z. So... I'm just joking, please don't be angry. So the guy went and he started to ponder. I have the opportunity just, he was angry at first. 
but decided to ask. I have the opportunity to pick just one thing out of my father's wealth. He had money, animals, farmland. Where should I pick from? And I think someone advised him that pick the slave. If the slave is supposed to get everything and the owner of everything becomes your slave, you are still the master of everything. Imagine if he did not get the wisdom to pick the slave. He would have maybe picked farmland and his slave would not become his senior brother because if you see Zukabeg now, he's still brother Zuku, you call him. Um, I said that to say that some of the things that we look for are revelational problems. If you can catch a revelation, an insight. Now, okay, so what is revelation? Abi? That's the next question. I'll come there. But before I do, my question is this. Who is God to you? They all just have the mic. There is no right or wrong answer because you know when you ask a question, everybody will be thinking, ah, if I just go and say it now. Brother Tony Yellowhead, Timothy scope from the side will now say that I'm not deep. So... Let me, not, let me not go and talk and just go and disgrace myself. So, but there's no right or wrong answer. But who is God to you? Maybe we can also learn from your revelation and go back home and study more. Anybody wants to say who God is to them? God is nobody to us. It's only choir that I'm, I'm not calling choir today. Are you the only people in church? They do not come. Who is God to you? Just the same way Jesus asked his disciples, who am I? Who is God? If you were to describe God to someone random, who would you say? I'm waiting for someone to help us. Okay. God to me is my comforter. He comforts me in every area. Okay, God, God is a comforter. Yeah. Yes, awesome. God is her comforter. He comforts her in every trouble. Please just give her a round of applause. After all, you didn't speak, so please clap. Anyone else? Who is God? Men, please, we came to church. Let's, let's Praise talk. God. Hallelujah. I think for me personally, God is all in all. Is God what? is all in all. Oh, okay, all in all. Okay. Like, he's a father, he's a provider. Yeah. Uh, is a giver, is a faithful. You can't really describe. It's indescribable. That's why I said God is one in all. Hallelujah. On your own, personally, you can describe him as. For me, he's a father, he's a provider, he's all in all. I can't describe. Please, let's give a round of applause. Hallelujah. God is all in all. Amen. Someone else was raising their hand. There's a lady here in black that's raising her hand. Who is God to you? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Is that special? Hi. Yeah. For me, God is the one who always comes true. God is the one who always comes true. Hallelujah. Let's give a round. I'll take you last. Yes, please. God is everything. God is. God is everything to you. Ah, Your husband will be. Will fight for you. It's right later. But yes, God is everything. Hallelujah. That's awesome. Please let's give a round of applause. God is everything. Hallelujah. There's someone else on that side. I'm waiting for the men to come to church. They are still on their way. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. To me, God is my everything. Amen. God is our everything. Anyone else? 
I'm looking for one man that will help us. Who is God? I don't want to look at choir. That's why. Have you not gotten the drift? Praise God. Hallelujah. My name is Jehovah Nisi, and I found that God has been Jehovah Nisi to me. So that means the Lord is my banner. Yes. And God has been a covering for me. He has been my protection. He has been my keeper. God has been all that and more for me. Hallelujah. Jehovah Nisi. God has been our banner. Amen. There's someone else. Yes, please. The, the lady with the heart. Good morning, church. Good morning. So, like, to me, while studying the Bible, I noticed that, okay, God had to bring his son, Jesus Christ, to us. And I feel like God is still our father, though. But because of what Adam and Eve did, he had to bring someone in between that was pure so we can get through to him. So God is my father, but like anytime I want to pray, I prefer talking to Jesus Christ first. So like is our like intercessor. Hallelujah. God is her father and she prays through Jesus. She has brought in the three in one nature of God. Hallelujah. Anyone else wants to okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well I want to say God is um Thank you so much. God bless you. Please give him a round of applause as the first man speaking today. Hallelujah. Yes, please. To me, God is um, one guy I see up there. Mm. And um, Please go ahead. And I only talk to him when I'm in need. You only talk to him like when, when you are in, problem, yes. in need? When okay. I have a problem, I just walk up to him. Can you move your mic a bit so we can hear you clearly? Sorry. I say when I have a problem, I just walk up to him, I yes. talk to him, and okay. then he sorts out my problem, Hallelujah. and we move on like that. Hallelujah. God, God is a problem solver. Interesting. Hallelujah. I like that. You, you know what I love about it? It's so real and honest. The truth is that to a lot of us, that's who God is. God bless you so much for being honest. Yes, is there someone else? Yes, please. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, so first of all, God is my father. Hallelujah. And in most cases, like when I'm going to stuff, like for instance, if I need someone to comfort me, he comes in as my comforter. Hallelujah. If I need things, like as at that point, if he has to provide for me, he just has no choice than to provide for me. So he comes through in always my provider, my comforter, my healer. My restorer. Hallelujah. Everything. Praise God. Hallelujah. I love it. God has no choice. He just has to show up for me. Amen. Um, okay, so finally, Pastor Sarah. Okay, so are your HODs there? Before we will now ban you. Wait, let your HOD, you speak after your mouth. Praise God. Hallelujah. And to me, God is Jehovah Elroy. Mm. And it came last year. I, I, when time I pray, I just keep on saying, he sees me, he sees me. Then I was led to a scripture and I saw Genesis when she prayed and said, and at that point, she now mentioned that Jehovah Elroy, the God who sees me from the inside out. And it's very particular to me because 
he sees me for who I am, not being fake, but being true. And he sees my heart. And he has decided to favor me and honor me. And I also call him my listener, because he listens. And for me, they like to talk so much. He's always there to listen. So praise God. Hallelujah. God listens to her. Amen. Yes, sir. I was going to say that she's single. So if you're a listener, <laughs> just maybe the Lord can be using you. Amen. Um, why are you talking quick? She's your, be coming down so that they can hear me very well. Uh-huh. Now, amen. amen. Okay, um, I'll start to say, you know, the story you share that um, um, the father told him before he died that he should be guy. So it reminded me of a story, you know, and it all happens to many of us if we have our mothers, our parents. It happens that anytime we have family function, because I don't do family functions because of rehearsal, God, church, and all the rest. So I prefer to send whatever I need to send to wherever I'm celebrating in my family. And at some point, I find time to go. And then I said that to say. So sometimes our parents will say, ah, you know, you have to be there. That your uncle, you know, you'll be there. He can give you, you know, he can give you connection. He can give you. But I, I said that to say that. What I usually tell them is that why should why should I run after man to give me favor or whatever? Why not? Even they themselves look up to someone. So in other words, God is whole in all to me. So I don't need to run after any man to get connection, to get, you know, whatever. I just talk to him. It's all in all for me. Hallelujah. That's excellent. God is all in all. And we have all adequately explain or describe who God is because there is no right or wrong answer. It's simply who God has revealed himself to you as. And this morning, one of the things I want us to look at before we close is the fatherhood of God, the fatherhood nature of God. Now, why is that? I realize that all these things that we call God is embedded in one thing. Pastor Shoba will tell you that if they call him now, he will not even wait to tell me goodbye. He will just straight. That's like someone that says that God shows up. Pastor Shoba will tell you that if Pemiloba is sick, he will almost wish he was the one sick in place of her. True or false? Pastor Shoba will tell you that, you know, they buy clothes from himself again. Who do you shop for? Who are you working for? They are your boss. You know, the CEO of the CEO. I realize that when we call God our gyra, our provider, as Pemilewa ever worked a day in her life, she's eating three square meal. In fact, she's fresher than some people that are hustling. She even makes the, thank you, thanks a bunch. She makes demand. And I realize that most of the experiences of God that we have are embedded in one of his characteristics and that is the father nature, the fatherness of God. And that's why also when I was thinking about that, when Jesus said, who did, who do you say that I am? He said, you are Christ, the son of the living God, not the savior of the world. Because who you are as a son is more important than who you are as a savior. And Jesus said, you see me as a son. Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. And on this, on this revelation, on the revelation of what it means to be a son 
is what I'm going to build my church on, not on the revelation of what it means to have miracles. Not on the revelation of what it means to have testimonies. Those are added advantage of being a child. But Miloba does not say, need to say that my socks is torn. I have boys that they don't need to tell. I don't know, for some reason, boys always like to tear clothes. Please, boys in the house, were you also tearing like that? I'm honestly, I'm honestly very confused. I just have to ask. It will cut like this. Yes, do you have a son? You buy it new, two years. Are you using scissors? It's not adding up. But as much as they are tearing it, I have a responsibility to buy. I'll give you a true story. Let me, yesterday, right, um, my grandma was, um, we had our funeral and our Thanksgiving yesterday. And you know, the kids went to dance, my nieces went to dance, so they sprayed them. So my niece got maybe like, maybe 2K or 5K or something. So she came back really excited. And she was showing her mom, oh mom, I have money now. The mom said, oh great, common entrance is coming. And she, like, she's nine. She looked at her mom and said, sorry, paying for common entrance is your responsibility. This is my money. And her mom was like, hey, but you still, you are going to do graduation, you need to buy clothes. She said, buying clothes for my graduation is your responsibility. This is my money. And as I sat down there, it just drove the point home for me that if you are a son, you know the things that you should not be carrying. And as I was coming here this morning, God said, some of you, the weight you are carrying, your shoulder is hurting you because it's not meant for you. As Christians, we are carrying loads that are meant for our fathers. But because you don't know whose child you are or because you don't have a relationship with a father, that's why you're carrying it. I have boys that try to feel like they have muscles. Mommy, I can protect you. You're a girl. So when we go shopping, he wants to carry the bag. But I can see that he can't carry it. So what do I say? I say, you hold one side, I hold one side. At the end of the day, I'm the one carrying the bag. I give him the illusion that he's the one carrying it. That's what God wants to do with us. He wants to give the world an illusion that you are all powerful. But you know the one that is the source and the roof behind your power. But if you don't know who you are as a son, you will struggle in your might. And that's why we meet roadblocks and difficulties. Because you're trying to do it by yourself. And that's what Jesus was saying. That before I become your savior, can you understand what it means to be a son? And it says that that's the revelation I'm building my church on, on what it means to be a son of God. As a matter of fact, the reason I'm dying is so that you and I can become a son. And that's why Jacopo said that this is one of the most important message that Jesus ever taught his disciples, what it means to be a son. So are you and I sons if we have confessed the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Savior? Absolutely. Can anything revoke your sonship? Shobo, can anything revoke Pemilobas daughtership. Please hear me. Don't allow the devil make you be giving your life to Christ 24 times in a year. Every Sunday, if you have not given your life to Christ, you are not giving your life to Christ. While you are unsure of your salvation, once you confess Jesus, you are a son. Now, the responsibility of living that sonship is on you. I'm not focusing on sonship this morning because last week Sunday we spoke about sons, right? Sons are known by God. They are led by the Spirit of God and all of that. Please open your Bibles with me to Romans 8. Romans 8, I'll read from verse 15. 
I would try to round up in 10 minutes. It says that for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So if you are not sure of your salvation, commune with the Holy Spirit to give you that assurance of faith. It says that, and if children, then joint heir of God, no, sorry, then heirs of God, and joint heir with Christ. I asked someone, I said, why didn't um, the fulfillment of Jesus' assignment on earth, which is to die and to resurrect it, was done in three days? So why didn't he just come? We will not hear anything about him till it's time to die, and he will just die and resurrect and connect us back to the father why did it take three years teaching the disciples because he wanted to live as a son so that you and I have an example to look towards and live because sometimes as human beings the representation of sonship or a son to father relationship that we have will be very poor your father cannot live up to God's expectations or abilities. And so if you look at God the way you look at your father, it will fall short of his ability. So you allow Jesus come and live for three years so that you and I can read our Bible and take a cue from him on what it means to be a son. It says, verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness. Okay, okay, so we're joined here with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, we may also be glorified with him. Um, and then it goes on and on and on and on about um, being a son. I want to read to 19. Okay, it says, therefore, I consider that the suffering of these present times are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. It says that for the earnest expectation of creation eagerly awaits for the pastors of God. No, it's not like that. Which Bible are you using? It's eagerly awaiting for the miracle wonders of God. Or the miracle workers of God. No, I think it's actually waiting for the prophets of God. It's the apostles that is there. It's the teachers of the word of God. What is it waiting for? I'm not saying don't be a prophet, don't be an apostle. Those are add-ons. Those are simply tools for the effective working of ministry. First Corinthians. What the world is waiting for are people that are the sons of God. And you know, I imagine myself how long we will allow the world to wait till we realize that we are sons. Until we live up to a son. If you had a son and you've made breakfast and rice and you come home. Okay, let, let's, you know Shobo is the father in the house. Now let's ask Shobo. Please give him a mic. So if you get home right now after service and um, you see Pemiloba outside by herself, just crying, naked, what will you do? Oh. <laughs> oh, shock it. I, first of all, I must look for number one why she's crying and make sure that I cover up, cover up immediately, you know, and make sure once I get to the root of the issue, I would, I just hope it's not somebody that's you just kill the person. Ah, uh, of course. I said it today that anybody, in fact, I was talking to my wife yesterday and I said, anybody that wants to try me, if you try my children, then they will know who I am, truly. They will know your witness. Oh, Hallelujah. Now, why am I asking him, if an earthly father can be that intentional 
And Shoba, did you know we're going to talk about this so that you don't think that he has planned his answer? <laughs> if an earthly father can be more intentional, how much more do you think your heavenly father is? And that's why the parable of the lost son, right? When the boy came back home, the father was not hearing stories. You are back, give me the best robe. Give me the ring. Kill the fattest of cow. Because it does not matter whether you are lost or you are prodigal. What matters is you are a son. One of my prayers this morning is that what it means to have a father like God, what it means to be a son will be birthed in our hearts. So that when we leave service and the devil throws nonsense at you, you will stand that you are a son. Please open your Bibles with me to Luke 11. Okay, I'm going to round up in, um, um, remember service is just to give you small meat. You go home and put the body. Luke 11 verse 11 says, if a son asks for a bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? If we as human beings can strive to give our kids the very best, how much more will God in heaven? I'm saying this so that you can have it in your mind that God loves you and he wants to give you a good gift. Don't act like a bastard. Don't act like you are fatherless. Even if your earthly father is no more, so you are used to being an orphan, God says, I am your father. And he said, I want to show you what it means to be a father. He's saying, can you relax? Can you take the weight off you and hand them over to me and let me handle them? You've lost sleep over that problem. Can you turn it over to Jesus? Can you turn it over to God? You've been anxious and depressed about that situation. Can you just turn it over to God and allow your father handle this and see who can handle it best? I've come to ask someone this morning to find his or her rest in her father. And like my niece told my sister, mommy, that's your headache. The money they sprayed me is not your money. So you let God know that God, that's on you. And see if God will not pick up his responsibilities. James 1 says, verse 17 says that every good and perfect gift, not some. It says every good and perfect gift comes from above. It didn't stop there. It says it comes from the father of light. Good and perfect gifts come from the Father. And those are the kind of things that he wants to give you and I. Good and So what are the benefits that we enjoy as being sons of God? I'm going to round off now. I'm just going to reel them out and the scriptures. You can go home and read them yourself. James 1.17, good and perfect gift. God gives good and perfect gifts to his children. So when you go to God in prayer, the confidence with which Jesus will go to the dead man's tomb, having been dead for four days and he will save Lazarus' comfort was because he knew that his father hears him. The boldness with which Jesus will take five loaves of bread and two fishes and there will be so much multiplications that there will be 12 baskets left was because he knew he, was, he had a father. As a matter of fact, that was his prayer. He said, my father, I thank you that you hear me me always 
And then he said, I've given thanks. You take the bread and see if my father that I've involved in this situation will not solve it. I'm not saying that become irresponsible. I'm saying that there are some things that you should, you cannot do in your power and you can hand over to your father. I want to help my son to write his homework because they've taught him in school. Do you understand the difference? But I won't expect him to go to the store and have money enough to buy himself food or to go to his head of school and pay school fees. So don't take this as the permission to be insolent and irresponsible and lazy. No. You will still show up on that job at the right time. You will still do things diligently and faithfully. You will still make things like this and package them excellently. But then you know that it's God that, gave, that gives the increase. So, he gives good and perfect gifts. Um, Matthew, no, Luke 11:13 says he gives the Holy Spirit, right? We all know what the benefits of the Holy Spirit are. He gives the Holy Spirit. Luke 11, 12, 11:2. 11, it says that our Father hears us is the prayer answering God. Matthew 27:46. It says that I will never leave you. You know that was no Matthew 11, right? It's actually where Jesus was saying, "My Father, my Father, why have you forsaken me?" And you know what that told me? That was the first time his father would ever forsake him. So we have a father that does not forsake. And the reason he forsook him momentarily is so that you and I can never be forsaken. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor you're not forsaken. You are not forsaken. God will never forsake you. Hebrews 11.35 And then John 15 verses 9, a father loves, a father provides, a father protects. And remember, all the other nature and attributes of God that we have all excellently mentioned or we have ever heard being alluded to in scriptures are all just a reflection of the fatherhood nature of God. And I'm hoping that God will birth this revelation in our hearts that you are not alone. You might be the only child of your parents and you might be physically an orphan, but you are not alone. You have a father in heaven that loves you, that care about you and wants to live up to his fatherhood expectations. He says that we have received the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father. So you go through a difficult situation, you say, Abba, Father. You don't have money in your pocket, Abba, my father, you, you face tough times. You call on your father and you will see your father show up for you. I'm praying that this revelation will be birthed in your heart and you won't just go to your father when there is a need. That you will also love on your father. And like Jesus, we will walk like children that have fathers. Heavenly Father, we thank you. I want us to pray one second and just say, Father, birth the revelation of what it means to be my father. Help me never to walk again like an orphan. May this revelation be birthed deep in my heart that nothing can take away this conviction that I have a father in heaven. In the name of Jesus. Paul says that the eyes of our understanding may be enlightened that we may know. 
that we may know, that we may know that we have a Father in heaven that loves us, that cares for us, that is always looking out for us. That lost sons might know that they have a Father in heaven that is on the lookout for them to return home. That every time we face a difficult situation, we know that we have a Father and we walk and enjoy what it means to have God as our Father. Father, we pray that this revelation will be birth in our heart hearts and we pray that we will walk in the light of what it means to have you as our father lord we give you all the glory honor and adoration in jesus name we pray thank you for listening to this message for more information please visit www.vchurch316.org god bless you